Every gamer has that one game they want all of their friends to play. Maybe it's old. Maybe it's new. Maybe it's obscure. Or maybe it's the game that everyone is playing. Whatever it is, it's that one game you love to talk about. Join us as we ask each other to try this game. Okay, Adam, do you know what a 4X game is? Yes, I do. It's a game where you exploit, expand, uh, oh, hell, where are the other two? Explore, expand, exploit, exterminate. Ah, uh, yes, thank you. <laughs> so the one we always think about is, you know, civilization. But today we're going to talk about one that is Byzantine at the best of times, insanely complex at the worst of times, and is all story driven. So we're talking about Emperor of the Fading Suns, which is a PC game. It was developed and published by Holistic Design. They've been around for a while. They're long gone now. And they released this Emperor of the Fading Suns in conjunction with a Fading Suns pen and paper role-playing game. And that's still around. In fact, uh, some German company got it and they just fulfilled the Kickstarter rewards for the new version of it, and presumably it'll be it'll be available later. And it's a very very cool story. They, this all came out in 1997, and you can actually buy Emperor of the Fading Suns on GOG. Because for the longest time, you had to like find an original version of it and patch it, and you tinker with compatibility settings. But GOG has got it running beautifully, including the awesome soundtrack. So this is a 4X game, and, and the idea of this game is that it's in the like a year 4000 and something. And, you know, Earth is part of an empire, but the empire has no emperor. And you have, I think it's four or five, I don't remember which, uh, royal houses. Yeah, I think and it was five. Was it five? Yeah. And they, they're all part of this government. And every so often, every five or ten years or whatever it is, they vote on a regent. And the vote, every, every house gets five votes, which are represented by five physical items, which, by the way, you can steal in the game. I've done mm -hmm. that. While you're doing the standard 4X stuff of, you know, and it's hex-based, you're building buildings and you're building units and you're researching technologies and you're sort of taking, you know, retaking control of your home planet and then invading other planets and doing the same. In the midst of that, you've got this political layer to it where you're trying to gain favor with other houses so they'll make you the regent or at least if someone else is the regent they like you enough to reward you because someone has to run the imperial eye which is the imperial spy agency or the imperial starfleet or if you're really unlucky they assign you the the garrison at stigmata where you must manage a garrison fighting off an alien invasion of these horrible things called symbiotes and oh, wow yeah you didn't get that far i'm guessing well, I, I saw something about symbiotes, but I never interacted with them. Yeah, there's a planet called Stigmata, which should tell you right off the bat, it's not a happy place. Mm. And they have some sort of weird alien infestation. And so the Imperium has a garrison on Stigmata to fight them back. And it's a losing battle because this game is, it's called Fading Suns because the suns are burning out. Like, this is not a happy game. This is an end times game. Mm -hmm. And... Stigmata is like the representation of that because someone has to manage this hopeless fight to keep the symbiotes from swallowing up the planet and then moving on to other planets because that would be bad. And so if you really want to screw over one of the other houses, if you're regent, you assign them the, the Stigmata garrison because it starts draining their house resources. 
Uh, okay. So yeah, so there's this whole political level, and and you know if you are a uh, if you are one of the sort of these imperial ministers of the imperial eye, of course you're expected to do the right thing for the imperium, but you're not going to because you're a bastard like everyone else, and so you'll use the imperial spy ring to spy on all of your competing houses because they all have their bases in all the capital cities. I once used my uh, appointment as the head of the Imperial fleet to destroy a house fleet and then send my own fleet in, stole three scepters, which are the voting, the votes of another planet, right. got them back home, could claim them for my own, and now I had eight votes and I made myself regent. It was awesome. Uh, <laughs> the only time I ever won that game. And you're also, at the same time, you're dealing with the church, which has an inquisition, which is not just a bunch of guys in robes. They have they have a military. So if you research something they consider heretical, they'll come knocking, and they'll only they'll only threaten you for so long before they, you know, like, nuke your cities. There's the trading guild, and they would like you to do what they want, which is low taxes and no tariffs. And so you're playing this political game, and you're playing an, uh, a 4X game on a single planet, but there are other planets out there, so you may be doing it on four or five planets, and there's all sorts of ways you can win. You can wipe out other houses for conquest. You can do it politically. Like it's, This is a game where you're juggling chainsaws, spinning a plate on your head, balancing a ball on your nose, while walking across a high wire above a vat full of sharks. There's 20 things going on here, and I love this game. And then I made you play it. So how badly do you want to beat my ass with a baseball bat right now? Okay, we'll get this out of the way. I did not enjoy the game. I, I put in about... I, I got 45 minutes into it. Oh, did? It was okay. 45 minutes of me figuring out how to move things on a planet, yeah. getting stuck in build screens because I was thinking, well, no, I don't want to build anything right now. Let me click on something. No, okay, I guess I'm building a unit right now. Yeah, the interface um, isn't great. Yeah, the, the interface is suboptimal, to be to be generous. Yeah. Look, I, I understand why you love this game because you do love the deep strategy of things, and I'm sure that... If I had been playing this game around the time that it came out, when I you know didn't have a million other games in my Steam library that I could go and play, I probably would have really gotten into this and I would have really enjoyed it because I I do get it that deep, massively complex control, the ten-dimensional chess you need to be playing to be yeah. able to get yourself around a solar system and manage oh, a a politics and finances and an economy and yeah. other war campaigns like that's huge that's insane and i commend the creators of this game for being able to do it as well as they did and i recognize that they did it well however like <laughs> this game is so dated and it feels so janky <laughs> yeah. putting it next yeah. to a, a more modern title yeah. um i i appreciate why you like it <laughs> i uninstalled it the minute i was done those 45 minutes of it that's fair uh yeah when this game came out the company i think it went under and so it, it was left unpatched and there's this thing out there called the hyperion patch which was a successful attempt to fix the game and improve it and tweak some things and i don't think gog when they put this thing together six months ago i don't think they've included the hyperion patch oh, and i'm okay. not and i'm not sure if the hyperion patch is compatible or not okay um it yeah this game you know, it's 1997, and the language of how to use a mouse, they're a little closer to it. You know, this isn't castles. No. You know, this isn't uh, rules of engagement. It's much more modern, but it was just on the cusp of figure, really figuring it out. And 
it's one of those games like yeah this is a commitment if this yeah. is the sort of game like with civilization there isn't really politics there's treaties you know some angry yeah. guy shows up on your screen and says give me this i'll give you this if you say no he likes you less if you say yes he likes you more blah 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 this is way more complex than that it's almost too complex mm -hmm. uh you know, I keep hoping that someone will buy the rights to this game and then just redo the interface. Like, just rebuild the game from scratch. But that's never going to happen. It was obscure when it came out. Right. Uh, and even at the time, reviews said, yeah, this is great, but this isn't a game you play for five minutes. This is a commitment. Yeah. And what I did like is that it has tutorials. The first time you do anything, it, it's text, granted. And it says, okay, here's what you do. And here's how you do it. And here's why you're doing it. Mm -hmm. It's one of those games that you'll play the first you'll play the first game and you'll get your ass kicked because you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. But then you'll go start again, and you'll have some clue what you're doing. You'll play it on easier settings, and you you'll do things like no consuming food because you, I could never manage to you know to to produce <laughs> enough food. To, and I, I had starvations and rebellions and all that. But, right. You know this is like Dune meets like Masters of Orion, uh, which is an, another 4x game, but. Uh, you know, it's got it's got the feeling of Dune in it with the, uh, you know, the houses playing against each other, and there's a role playing element to it because you can choose advantages, but every advantage is a plus one point, and you must be at zero, right? Uh, or sorry, it's a negative one, and then every disadvantage is a plus one. So if you give yourself a, a negative trait, you can then choose a, another positive trait. So if Which you want, that like, was a really cool system. I like absolutely. that a lot. Oh yeah, like if you want, if you could choose, you could choose like half the positive traits there, but then you have to choose a lot of negative ones. They, you cannot be a, a paragon of virtue in this game. Mm -hmm. You also cannot be. Actually, I haven't even tried it. Can you just choose all the negative ones and play that way? That would be brutal. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I mean, that, the game's that would brutal just be anyway. absolutely painful. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure someone out there has tried it. Like, let's Probably. make the most evil house ever. But, you know, there's things like your loyalty is increased to begin with, or your production is better, or your troops have more morale, or whatever. And, you know, there's all these different things you're juggling. Like I said, all these chainsaws you're juggling. And in the end, the goal is to become emperor. But you have to be elected emperor. Which means unless you're going to wipe out other houses, you need... You need to play politics in this game. And the only time, and I, I mean, I, I bought this game in 1997, uh, and I played it for years. And in the dozens of games I played, I only ever once managed to become emperor. And I did it by stealing another guy's scepters, destroying another house completely using uh, heretical, like, bioweapons. <laughs> so I committed genocide. And then I had to. After I had done that, I, I signed the church charter, deleted all of the research for the heretical technologies, because you can unlearn stuff. Okay. Because, well, sometimes stuff becomes just, you, you go from step one to two to three, you don't need step one anymore. Right. So you can delete it from your library, which is a weird way of doing things. But the idea is, let's say you, 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 search, you, you research, I don't know, genetic engineering, and 20 years later, the church goes and says, no, 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 that's heretical. Well, you can either tell them to go fuck off, or you can delete it. If you tell them to fuck off, the, the Inquisition shows up and, and eventually they just start nuking you. So, you know, so, you know, once I'd wiped out, once I'd used heretical technologies to wipe out the house and stole another house of scepters, I got rid of all those heretical technologies. I signed the church charter and then signed the trade guilds charter. So, yes, I was emperor, but it tells you in the end, yeah, you're a puppet. Well, yeah. shit. So I barely won once. Right. You know, we have a, a mutual friend and he's into, he's a grognard. He's into these high-end games. This is his sort of game, you know? 
Uh, this is the game. He would he would love this. Like he plays Crusader Kings three, and it occurs to me this is this is like a sci-fi version of Crusader Kings three, but from 1997. Yeah, it's uh, it it's got that same sort of feeling to it, but like you do just, all the same stuff. It's just yeah. I mean, look, Crusader Kings three has the advantage of you know being two modern. plus well being modern two decades of figuring it out. Yeah. Uh, I sort of wonder if someone would try some wild adaptation and try and mod it in. Um, I mean, I, it wouldn't surprise me. The There's already extreme mods for Crusader Kings 2 where you could turn it yeah. into whatever fantasy world you wanted it to be. So it wouldn't mm -hmm. surprise me if there was a mod floating around for it somewhere out there that uh, imported this, this world into it. Yeah. And it, like, I do respect this game a lot. Yeah. It's a heavy hitter. It is absolutely massive for what it's trying to be but and you have I to want it. the hell out of that you have to want it you have to really want it you have yep. to fall in love with this within the first 10 minutes i think that this and starting a starting a trend of games that we're going to record <laughs> is a game that you really need to uh if you're trying to play it today you you need to go and look up how to play this i think i think yeah, it's your yeah, best absolutely. way to start off you know this game i mean once you sort of know what you're up to you just sort of like again you play that first game you play for 30 turns and you go, okay, I get it. Let me start again now. But that's mm -hmm. the same with Civilization, which of course we're going to do at some point. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of games like that where you, you figure this out, then you go back and you start over. Yeah. And you can get this game, I think at its full price, it's like seven bucks. Okay. When I saw it on GOG and I just happened to visit there one day and I saw it, oh, bye. Like it was, it was almost reflexive. Like I almost had it, I had it purchased almost before I was fully conscious of what I was doing <laughs> because the game is awesome and by the way the soundtrack is fabulous mm -hmm. it's medieval not medieval plus you know edm dance music like domina uh, <laughs> which by the way that game's six years old and they're they, they updated it yesterday oh yeah i saw on. that yeah i saw that, that there was cool. a push for that but um the music is great and i remember this game came on a cd which means track one is the data and track two through whatever is the the soundtrack that's how old pc games used to work mm -hmm. so i ripped it and i still have the soundtrack i still listen to it it's quite good oh nice oh yeah it's it's super super good i'm sure you could find it on youtube or whatever but yeah this this is the sort of game where it you either really really like this game or you're you're never going to get into it if you like crusaders kings 3 and you can live with an interface that's a little rough the game looks pretty it's simplistic yeah. like it's all tiles yeah. But the art is nice, like the drawings of the people and you know, when, you, when the Inquisition comes. It's all very cool looking. The setting rocks. Yeah. The Fading Suns universe. And at some point, I'll sit down and play one more grand campaign and lose horribly and not mind. But as you said, I, I'm guessing you're not going to make it past the hour or the 45 minutes you did. I've got access to it <laughs> if I ever get a, a wild hair to try this game again. But I That's don't fair. foresee that happening. Yeah. That's okay. So... There it is. There it is. Hey, Farron. I think mm -hmm. we've come to the establishment that we both like space games, right? Yes. You like making things go really fast and go up into the sky? Yes, I am a packlet. I like things that go fast. Perfect. Do you <laughs> uh, do you like unintentionally murdering a whole bunch of people with these things that go fast? I'm not sure if I like it, but I did a lot of it. 
Well, that's fair. We're going to talk about Kerbal Space Program today, where you go fast and blow up little green men. So this game was uh, released for Mac, Windows, Linux, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One. It was uh, developed by Squad Studios and published by Private Division, which is a subsidiary of Take-Two Interactive, actually. Originally, this was released in 2015, and then it got a re-release on the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One in 2016. The enhanced edition with all the extra bits and bobs wound up coming out in 2018. Right now, you can find this on Steam, GOG, and the individual platform stores. And one of the things that I really want to highlight off the top of this game is this has actually been supported and co-worked on by NASA and the European Space Agency. I did not know that, actually. Yeah, wow. so they, okay. they actually had a hand in developing one of the DLCs for this game, which is an asteroid avoidance mission, where oh, wow. you stop uh, asteroids hit from hitting the planet Kerbal, and then you bring them down and you study them. Really, okay. really cool. Okay. Um, so the, this game is like the, the pinnacle of rocketry simulation games and i don't oh, really yes. know many other rocketry simulation games so i mean if it's the only one then it is inherently the best uh, but i buzz aldrin's race into space which was in the 90s and wow. they made a new one also with his name which is the same thing where okay. you get the view you, you get the view of the the space complex with all the different buildings and you research but yeah. it was done seriously like buzz aldrin's you could play either nasa or the soviet space program okay and you did historical stuff this is obviously is humorous and fake but awesome <laughs> well it, it's humorous and fake but the physics are there like it is oh yeah it is yeah, not, yeah it it's is a grown-up game like a fluff game oh yeah this is a very very grown-up game this is not just for fiddling around with this is uh, again falling into sort of the the pattern that we've had recently of games that you should probably do a little bit of reading on and, and yeah, watch a yeah. video on on youtube because the Get first a degree time in engineering you, and, uh, yeah exactly well the first time you jump into ksv you're just going to blow things up or have things not launch off the launch pad or yep. just not know what the hell to do it is a very complex game in recent years they've added more tutorials and it has gotten easier to learn things but i i still stand by <laughs> the okay. easiest way to learn this is by watching a youtube video and sort of following them and learning learning that way so yep. let's let's hear it farron what did you think of this game so i bought this game when it came out originally on uh, early access mostly because I like the idea of just pissing around and having fun. I knew it was not a game I was going to I was going to dedicate any huge amount of time to. It was just something to do. Right. And it was a much cruder game at the time. No oh, yeah. DLC, no add-on, no workshop, none of that. And I think I got into Orbit once. And so this time around, I went and I found a couple of ships on the on the the Steam Workshop. And I thought, okay, let's just play it. I'm not going to build my own thing. I know I'm never going. I couldn't figure that out five years ago. I'm not going to figure it out now. <laughs> turns out I'm not an engineer. It turns out a degree in ancient and medieval history doesn't really prepare me to build rockets. I'm shocked. <laughs> that. I'm really not happy with my professors about that. But anyway, so I just figured, okay, let's build this thing. And so I chose some ship and I said, let's launch it. And this was clearly a ship that launched vertically. So naturally they put me on the runway. So that was a, that was a bad start. And then I, I found one, I found the, like a Saturn V rocket, you know, the actual honest to God rocket that put the, yeah. the, the Apollo missions up. And I, I got off the launch pad. Mm -hmm. I, I did get back to the launch pad. I'm sure you did. Much sooner and much faster than I had expected. But what are you going to do? <laughs> um, my first goal was to hit the moon, not to land on the moon, just to just to hit it. And th that was a, uh, yeah, that was that didn't happen. Eventually, I said, okay, you know what? I'm just going to play the flight tutorial and see if I can, you know, do that. Yeah. And after four attempts to put a the, the simple flight tutorial, just getting that sucker up there. 
I was able to get it up there and I had some fun and, you know, flew off in crazy directions and crashed. After 30 minutes of trying to deploy a parachute and being mm -hmm. unsuccessful because I couldn't figure out how to do it because this game is so complex, <laughs> I said, you know what? Paul Guys is waiting for me. I'm going to run around <laughs> in a sumo suit. It's not that I dislike complex games. I mean, we did Emperor of the Fading Suns. That's hardly uh, simple. Yeah. But the engineering complexity of this and the flight complexity of this is about 10 steps beyond what I would find fun. Mm -hmm. But I look at this game and I think all my, all, most of my friends in university were like engineers right. and computer guys. And they were people who played Buzz Aldrin's Race Into Space. And I look at them and I think this is their game. Like this is, this is for them. This right. is for my engineering friends. This is, ooh, this is not for me. <laughs> so not for me. For me, a space simulator is Star Wars Squadrons, which we're right. doing at some point. Still got to play that new stuff. I still haven't played the new ships they added. But anyway, I, I really, I just, I adored that game. That's an amazing game. So good. Um, it's not as awesome as uh, Empire Strikes Back for the Atari 2600, but what, no, actually it is. <laughs> but, you know, we talked about an Atari 2600 game and that was great. And this is like, it's so far on the other extreme. Yeah. I respect the hell out of it, but it, uh, it befuddles me. I am not smart enough to play this game. And I have a big brain, but this I am not smart enough for this game. You know, I, I contend that if I can play this game, you can play this game. It just takes learning. It's it's not about how smart you are. It's just I just need an engineering degree. No problem. I'll be right back. Well, I don't have an engineering <laughs> degree either. But, you know, you you watch a few videos and learn the basics and you learn that, OK, well, you need to take off your rocket and you need to head east, which is the way that the Earth is, or the Kerbin, yeah. the planet, is spinning. Yeah, so not Earth, get, not Earth. Yeah, sure. No, not Earth. Yeah, so yeah. That you get a rotational boost from the planet's speed. Mm -hmm. You you have to incrementally angle yourself off to the side. You need to learn things like what apoapsis means and periapsis, what the highest yeah. and lowest points of your orbit are and how to manipulate those. And then once you've got that figured out, this game becomes an absolute delight to just sink your teeth into and see oh, yeah. what kind of goofy no stuff doubt. you can do you know if you uh, liked the movie apollo 13 or you liked uh, the right stuff either the original yeah. great film or the i know they, they just released they, they redid it as a, a series or uh what was the, the the alternate history one they did with uh on apple tv uh for all mankind which imagines what if the russians had beat the americans to the moon and okay uh, if you like that sort of show where you like the story of engineering you know, especially if you really love from the Earth to the Moon, this is your game. Like this is your yeah. game. This yeah. was made for you. A hundred percent. You know, I mean, even even the look of the guys has that 1960s NASA look, where they've all got the white vests of the buzz cuts. Yep. <laughs> uh, you know, like the, the, the name of the your your chief engineer is Werner von Kerben. Yes. You know, which is named after you know Werner von Braun, the German scientist who was essentially the father of American rocketry. Yeah. Uh, you know, like. <laughs> This game has a very particular audience oh, who yeah. will revel in it. And you look at this, you go, my God. I mean, I looked at what was available now compared to what was available when I bought it in early access. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's 20 times the game. And it's so impressive to see the the uh, improvements they've made. Because my understanding is it's just a couple of, I think it's a handful of dudes in Mexico City who made this. Um, yeah, more or less. I'm sure there's more now. And my understanding is they're working on Kerbal Space, Pro uh, Space Program 2. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's, you know, endlessly delayed because a game like that can't be easy to make. No. But, you know, it's hard not to respect this game for what it's trying. But I, I wish it would just try it with someone else, you know? <laughs> <laughs> that's, so, that's sorry. Fair. 
I, this this game will have endless levels of complexity that you can get into. Mm-hmm. Um, like if if all you want to do is like I'm lucky if I can hit the the second moon around Kerbin. Like if if I can get there, land on it, and get back, I consider that like that is the the pinnacle of my ability. I have tried to make it to their analogy of Mars. It's called Duna. I have almost like I've gotten there. I've gotten into orbit, and I couldn't quite land it. It's this massive world you can wind up going out to their analogy for venus or their analogy for pluto and you have to wind up learning launch windows like you you actually have to wait and time your your launches to the point where okay well kerbin is here and i need uh i don't remember what the name of the planet is but i need eve to be here so that i can make this launch and make it there with the right uh with the right trajectory which is all serious stuff like uh, oh yeah you know, I, I listen to my favorite podcast is Skeptic's Guide to the Universe, and I can't help but think that like a third of the people that listen to that show probably play this game. Probably. Uh, I know all the, I know all the hosts have because it's that sort of game. But yeah, you know what? It, it actually reminds me a little bit of Take on Mars, which was like the ultimate in Mars exploration where you'd build probes and you'd control them. And it was the same sort of thing. The mm. granularity of it, you mm. know, getting it onto the planet and having a deal with the environment and how do you design it and well there's too much weight so you have a problem you can't go up dunes over this angle and that sort of game i look at those games with fascination and realize i will never learn how to play them well it's just it's never gonna it's just never gonna happen yeah and that's fair enough i mean you can't you can't ever expect yourself to be able to jump into this game like as we've mentioned about other games before this is not a five minute game this is a commitment game um So I, I completely understand why people would look at this and go, mm, no. But for someone like me who has a lot of free time where they can just kind of sink into something like this, it is in the same vein as rules of engagement where you need to learn the way that this thing controls. Yeah, and, when and that's you learn, And when you learn how this thing controls, then you can do so much with it. One thing I'm starting to realize is that you and I both like games you have to invest time in, but we like different things. Yeah. You like you like no, but like you like to invest in the granularity of controlling of micromanagement, mm-hmm. whereas I like to invest in the expansiveness of it. Where I don't have to tell my ship how to launch, mm-hmm. but I want to have to control the ship and I want to have to decide where that ship is going and the politics of that and the economics of that. It's just you go for micro, I go for macro, I think is okay. kind of what we've come down to. Yeah, I, um, I think that's fair. You like micro complexity and I can't stand it. Because mm-hmm. you go like, fuck, I don't care, man. Just let just launch. You know, <laughs> like I, I kept wanting to just fly. Uh, yeah. and that again, that's fine. But I can't ever I can't ever manage you wanting to build the damn plane I fly. I just want to fly. Mm-hmm. Whereas you clearly go for this and you know, it's part of the exploration of this podcast is what do you like? Yeah. But I think it's way past the edge of what I like. Yeah. And yeah, it just sort of I killed a lot of Kerbals today. I'm, I'm sure that you did. <laughs> you know. uh, if if you do wind up deciding to pick up this game, I highly recommend uh, highly recommend it. You can often find it on sale as price yeah. falls all the time as we get closer and closer to the release of Kerbal Space Program 2. Um, if you do pick it up, play, play a game that's on science mode so you don't need to worry about managing your funding and your reputation with the rest of the world. And go and check out YouTube and check out some tutorials for how to build some basic rockets and then go and look at the crazy stuff that people build, like single stage to orbit rockets that fly from Kerbin to the outermost planet, land and come back again. 
without wow. having to shed off rocketry at all. It's just one thing, and it takes off from a runway. It, absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing stuff. And the workshop, the neat thing is that it's integrated with Steam Workshop, so you can find anything you want. Oh, yeah, you can find Including the Millennium, the Millennium Falcon. Falcon. Yeah, yeah. That's the first thing I noticed. <laughs> but they have, you know, every type of, of sci-fi ship out there, and from anime and crazy shit, but they also have the historical stuff. You yeah. could, I think, run the Apollo missions if you wanted, more or less. You, um, you can. Yeah, so it's got a little bit for everyone, but it's got that humorous, like you're not killing humans, you're killing Kerbals, which are humans, yeah. uh, very comically looking humans. But yeah, it's uh, it's neat, is the best way I can put it. It's a neat game. Yeah, I, I very much agree. And uh, to, to your point, you can actually get, uh, part of the expansions is that they recreate historical missions. So you oh, can okay. actually wind up redoing those, and, uh, very cool stuff. Yeah, very, very neat. And yeah, uh, yeah you're, you're gonna learn, if you have a kid who's like really into the space program, yeah, like, yeah, go, go, just go buy this for them and be done with it. You know, if you, <laughs> you know, really though, like, or if you have a kid who's into Minecraft but really likes engineering stuff, this also could be a game for them. Like, and this is the sort of thing. It's an educational game, but it's fun too. Like, yeah, you know, if, you have a, if you have a kid, buy this game. So, so yeah, I, uh, you're not going to continue playing it past the hour. Probably not. I killed I'm... enough. I've killed enough Kerbals. That's fair enough, and I will continue to play it and continuously murder more Kerbals. So there it is. <laughs> Jack the Ripper. Okay, there it is. 